0: It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of art of the kickstart today. I am talking with Scott and Edward inventors of the hush buddy sleep training device for toddlers. Scott and Ed, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having us Roy. It's great to be here.
0: So, yeah, thanks, Ed. Um, so I'm really excited about this product coming to market, one, because I think it's an innovation that all parents really need, uh, and two, because I'm a parent that, that needs this and got to use this, and I'm really excited about the results as well. So let's jump in and you know tell the audience a little bit about where HushBuddy started and what inspired you to create it.
1: Sure. Well, what Hushbuddy is, is a sleep training device for toddlers uh, ages two to four. It's an interactive or reactive nightlight, uh, a little character face on it. And uh, it listens to the room and reacts to the child's behavior in a very gentle way. So if the child cries and fusses and acts out at bedtime, the light dims just briefly and just enough to be noticed. And when they're, they're quiet, light goes back to full brightness again. And uh, you know we pair that up with a storybook that engages the child's imagination so that they love this character. The character's name is Whisper. Whisper the Hush Buddy. And so you can go into bedtime now with your toddler uh, with uh, with this character at your side, and being very careful, we got to be quiet now at bedtime. So it's a very gentle reminder. Uh, that is quiet time at bedtime. And, and that type of uh, response, that type of gentle visual feedback has a lot of impact on the child's behavior and, and just reminding them, you know, if I was just quiet, I'd probably be asleep right now. <laughs> I think as parents, we've all kind of had that experience at bedtime.
0: Absolutely. So when you were creating Hush Buddy, what was that process like? How did you go about deciding what features to include, how to design it, colors, those sorts of things?
1: Sure. Yeah, great question. First of all, I should mention my background is as a father of twins. So bedtime was my thing. And so I was really in tune with with this issue. But it wasn't until a nephew of mine at age two melted down on a family trip that, that this idea came to me of a nightlight. Kind of giving that that feedback, and so that that started the whole design process and bringing bringing Ed on board. Just as luck would have it, I'd, I'd worked with him on some past projects, and he happened to be in my office the day after I had the idea, and I happened to mention it to him, and he happened to say yes. And uh, the last three four years haven't been the same <laughs> since our, our, our design process, because it, neither one of us had any experience taking a product to market like this, uh, but we knew that we were smart and we could learn things, and we knew. Enough to know what we didn't know, so we we reached out to people who did know that information, and um, Ed was the one who he found a a group in Atlanta who takes uh, children's toys to market, and the first great piece of advice we got came from them, uh, and that had to do with our prototype. They said, "Keep it simple, keep it ugly." You know, don't people go crazy trying to make the prototype perfect, but you're going to change it, so don't worry about that. Um, So honestly, we went on uh, Upwork. And we found a, a freelancer who could design uh, this, what we call our big, ugly, clunky prototype. It's just, it's just massive. And we had all of these design, like we had a, a dial to control sensitivity for the the room of, you know, just other devices, white noise machines. And we had a dial that could control how long it stayed dim and things like that. But it it did what it needed to do. And we we took that out. We slapped a little literally drawn with a Sharpie, a face drawn on a little globe up on top of it. And we took it out uh, for testing with kids and, and the kids loved it. And what's what's funny about that Roy is we, we, you know, our next step after we, we had the success in our, in our test families uh, and we knew that we were onto something from a design standpoint, our next step was to go to a professional design team. And what we kept hearing from our test moms kept drawing us back to our original design, a very simple character, You know these pros are making these these awesome, beautiful designs, and our moms are saying, "Yeah, that's that's too uh, stimulative. (laughs) My child would play with it. It looks too much like a toy." Um, We like the old face, and so we just kind of cleaned up that design and and went with it. That's kind of a challenge on this product because when you're dealing with a child's sleep product, you don't want it to be too uh, too stimulating and and to look too much like a toy. So we tried to keep it somewhat Tool like and uh, utilitarian.
0: Interesting. So, fast forward, or I guess rewind in this case, back to 2018 when you guys launched the initial Indiegogo campaign that was ultimately unsuccessful. Talk about a little bit about what happened there.
1: Sure. Uh, we, we went into it knowing that we knew how to tell our story and thinking that that would be enough on a crowdfunding uh, platform, which it, of course, is not. Uh, the, the, the support that we didn't have. And, and the ability to do ourselves was the, the the audience warming and the audience development there. You know and, and Ed, Ed was concerned about that going into it, Ned, if you want to talk about that a little bit too, but it, it was like the, the size of our mailing list going in, how we uh, how we contacted them ahead of time, and sort of that early marketing uh, to that group. We we found that there was a lot of education. We we got people going to the campaign, but they didn't necessarily know what crowdfunding was. So that was one concern. And then the other one was that they they uh, were concerned about how long they would have to wait for the product. And that was a real learning point for us as well. How long, you know, what a concern that was. So with the, with the current one, we've really cut down that time, and we're, we're we're hoping to be able to deliver within weeks of of the campaign uh, ending. But Ed, what do you th- what do you think really did us in on that first campaign?
0: Absolutely. So in terms of preparation now and fast forwarding to last year, you guys did a significant amount of more research, building up a community. I know you guys have a great group of moms now that you're communicating with. Talk a little bit now about the month or two leading up to the launch, which will happen next week, the second week of February, that you guys have adjusted the strategy towards.
1: Uh, sure. We we uh, built a Facebook group uh, for one thing, which is going to be so important to to us, not just from a marketing standpoint, but from a customer support standpoint. One thing that sets HushBuddy apart is not only this device that we've patented, Whisper the HushBuddy, uh, and not only that it's devoted to sleep science and that it's science-based as so many other products on the market are not, but uh, we uh, have a commitment to help solve this problem. And we think that if parents can talk to parents, that, that they can do that, that they they can really help and feel supported in that. So the Facebook group kind of played into that uh, a, as well. Um, the I, I can't say enough about the the help and support that uh, Inventus Partners has has played in this because what what that's opened our eyes to is the value of of uh, you know of an agent of, of having all of the talent at an agency. Uh, available to you the breadth of that people who know email campaigns deeply not you know more than just an entrepreneur can learn his or herself uh, people who know social media marketing and uh, graphic design and all of that to be able to have those resources available that we didn't have the first time it was it was us plodding along doing as much as we could ourselves and and that was really eye opening uh, for us. Even moving on to the future, we've decided you know we thought our first hire was really going to be a marketing person. We really needed to have a good marketing person because that's so much a, a part of. If we just get our story in front of people, they react to it, they like it. But we've since said you know what, an, an agency is really a, a better investment because you have that that breadth of services available to you. So I mean, if 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 I was talking to any entrepreneurs who's thinking about uh, going out and crowdfunding, don't downplay. The idea of the money that you put into something that this sort of professionally, just the the crowdfunding campaign itself, that process, people who know that, what a relief. That's been a a tremendous experience uh, for us.
0: So what's been the biggest thing that you've learned through the whole process of launching on Indiegogo to now migrating and about to launch on Kickstarter that you could recommend or give some key points to our audience on?
1: Um, I I, I think talking to an audience that understands crowdfunding. See, that was a frustrating thing that we had with, with, with Indiegogo because w- once you build up excitement about your product, you throw them into the Indiegogo uh, environment, and suddenly there's new terminology that, that they may not know, uh, perks and uh, you know, that type of thing. And so if you have somebody who's completely new to that environment that that's quite a learning curve that they have right there to, to go through. And, and so that was, we found ourselves answering a lot of questions from people like well, what's a perk and well, I, I have to sign up to this service. What do I have to, who just, just basic education. So one thing is to be able to target people who are already out there and familiar with the crowdfunding campaign, that that's good. The, the, the second thing that, and I think we had this down before, but we've just honed it so much is knowing First of all, having a good story, and we have a good story. You know, this. You know, here's here's the problem. Here's the solution. We have a good story. Knowing how to tell it, because the crowdfunding platform is so, the table is set for storytelling, and and so honing that story. So you know that. The other thing that we've had is that we were able to run some Facebook campaigns uh, between then, and we could find out exactly what our cost of acquisition was to a customer. We knew what segments worked. Hey, a big surprise. but it makes total sense. Is that grandparents do great for us? You know, the, the initial uh, impulse is, well, we, you know, here's the age group for for parents of young children. Wait, wait, wait. The older uh, folks do great for us because they see the problem times two. They see it for their grandchild and their child, and they respond very well to that. So we we knew that coming into it, and we we could help uh, guide where uh, the audience was and what it should cost to acquire
0: them. Impressive. So outside of that, what's been the biggest surprise in terms of the preparation for the campaign?
1: Wow, Ed, what, what would you say has been, has been the thing that uh, I, we left our initial meeting, I know, just sort of sat back in our chairs like we got a lot of work to do here. And it, it's been very manageable. We've been, been surprised by that. I'll think about it a little bit, Ed, while you answer. <laughs> yeah, I think people have this idea that, that if I just put a good idea on, crowd, on a crowdfunding platform, it will fly. Uh, and what we learned the first time through um, with, with Indiegogo was, you know, how much of how much behind the scenes marketing and prep work goes into that. And what we've learned this, what I've learned this time around, is that even then I was underestimating it. Because when you look at, I mean, we we have email campaigns, we have social media campaigns, we have a PR campaign. Any one of those could consume all of your time as an entrepreneur trying to do it yourself. So to have people who already know how to do that. Uh, to reduce your learning curve, uh, just move th- moves things along so quickly and, and so well. Uh, I, I was just, I've just been so impressed by how complicated a, a campaign can be to do well and how important that is. You know, so, so my advice, please, please disabuse yourself of the idea that I've just got a good idea, and if I just put it out there on a, on a, a campaign uh, page, if I have a landing page out there, I'll do well.
0: There's so much that goes into it. There really is. Well, I know the team here at Inventus Partners has been, you know, really looking forward to the launch of this project and obviously working with you guys on this. So I know the campaign will probably go live, hopefully the week this comes out or the week after. But Scott, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good to go? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? (laughs) I got fired from a job. That'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> unhireable, right? Think,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, w- you know, when you um it, it, it's the freedom, it, it's the freedom that comes with it and and just being able to uh uh set your own pace in life and your own course in life is there's nothing like it.
0: Absolutely. So, if you could have coffee with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Oh, throughout history?
1: Well, you mentioned history. I love history, and so I, I, I'm sure everybody says Thomas Edison because that I mean you know, he's like the original entrepreneur, and just I just love how he took others' ideas. And I mean, I don't mean that that way. that not sound like he he misappropriated them. I mean that he used others ideas, so all of these developers that he had working for them and and maximized it. I love that. but I'm also a big fan of of uh, the Home Depot guys. you know i'd I'd love to to meet Arthur blank and 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 talk with him. Because he he tells this great story about uh, having the the numbers to put together Home Depot, and the numbers didn't add up. They weren't attractive to investors. And so he he told his partner, well, change the numbers because they're all just sort of fictional anyway. (laughs) I just love that idea, that confidence of saying, you know what, whatever the number is, we're going to hit it. We're going to be successful people. I'd like to talk to him about that.
0: Well, he's been quite successful down in Atlanta. What would have been your first question for him?
1: I, I think it would be about uh, uh, exactly about that—the confidence that that he had, uh, you know, to know that he could make it no matter what. When you just say, tell, "You know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what the numbers are going to be. We'll make it work." Well, what goes into that statement of "We'll make it work"? That, that's what I, I'd like to know about. Because I feel the same way. I mean, Ed and I have, have talked about. It. I think that. So often, I- investors want to know what your five-year numbers are, and you're even pre-revenue. I mean, how, do, how can you know that? I think a more important question is, is the team agile? Does it adjust? Does it learn from mistakes and make changes quickly? You know, looking at the team and then looking at the quality of the idea. And I, th- I think that's what I, w- I would like to ask him about. How did he know that that was a good idea?
0: Nice. So since we're talking about children and sleep, I've got to ask, what's your favorite fairy tale or nighttime story?
1: <laughs> it, it's Good Night Moon. Uh, boy, my boys couldn't get enough. Are you, is that in your repertoire?
0: It is, absolutely.
1: Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and the, the little old lady. So honestly, there's a little bit of, of a, a tip of the hat to Good Night Moon in Hush Buddy. And it's the word hush in the name. If you remember in the story, the little old lady who whispers hush. Yep. And my boys love that. And they would put their fingers to their, their lips. And so when I was trying to think of a name of this product, I thought, I, you know, it needs to be words that toddlers know. And and right away, I remember them going hush from from reading that book. And so hush and then buddy is just a dad name. You know, that's hey, buddy, how you doing? Everybody knows buddy. So hush buddy became the name of this. And part of it is because of goodnight moon.
0: Yeah. And that's also one of the words that you actually say almost as a whisper, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the onomatopoeia of it, it's just a, it's just a very you know quieting hush. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the perfect word. That's the one thing about this product we never tested. We just said that's that's the best name. Yep, <laughs> that's a good name. We just knew it.
0: <laughs> All right, Scott. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like?
1: Uh, I I I think it is so. Uh, I I think it's very bright. I I really do. I mean, it, it is the it re- removes so many barriers that a person with a good idea a person with a good idea and a good team it will evo- will eventually going the conventional route with investors hit an hit an obstacle where they really they they need to to sell that to the investor there's a purity about having a good idea and going to the market with and, and I, I just I, I, I love that about this because that's something that we've had we've had so much thirst from the from the, the parent market out there the, the parent community please we want this please uh, and and whenever we would go to an investor group they would say hey sell 5,000 of them and come back and talk to us uh, you know there, there'd be that obstacle well crowdfunding removes that and and I just I love the idea of of somebody with with a good idea being able to connect directly like that. And, and I just, I, I think the technology, I think the knowledge of how that works is growing. And I, I see nothing but growth in that area. Would you agree, Ed?
0: Absolutely. Well, Ed and Scott, this has been amazing. This is your chance to give us your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check out Hush Buddy.
1: Oh, great! Yeah, I love to. Our our uh, camping, uh, you know, hopefully by the time you hear this is already live on Kickstarter. Uh, so please check it check it out. We are uh, devoted to uh, helping parents solve a problem that everybody always thought was was unsolvable. If you had kids, you're just supposed to be tired. We don't think that's the case. Uh, we think if you know uh, some strategies and you you have a little bit of help with from behavioral science, that that you can have a better bedtime.
0: So check us out. Absolutely. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it goes live and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you as always to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Type. Scott, Ed, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks, Roy. It's been great. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on InventusPartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.